Great to be with you today as we start this new series based around a well-known verse in Psalm 46 verse 10 which says, Be still and know that I am God. It's a kind of verse that we, we are encouraged to memorize. It's a verse that people often send to each other, particularly in seasons like this. It's kind of verse you might stick on a, a bookmark or have on a, on a mug. Be still and know that I am God. But what does it mean? What does it look like? Maybe when you hear a verse like that, be still, you're thinking of things like beaches or going for a nice walk uh, in the countryside. Maybe you can imagine this kind of convent or monastery and you kind of think, man, that's as far from my reality. How can I be still? And in this series, you're going to be taking some time Firstly, kind of looking at why is it important to be still as followers of Jesus? Why it's important for us as followers of Jesus to be still for our communities? And secondly, what does it mean and look like to be still in the lives that each one of us lives? Firstly, I just want to focus in on why it is um, important. Let me give you the kind of the punchline first. You know, often uh, in this church, we talk about discipleship. To be followers of Jesus involves being with Jesus, walking with Jesus, doing the works of Jesus. And I would say that we can only truly enter into the fullness of walking with Jesus, being like Jesus, doing the works of Jesus, if stillness becomes a core part of our life. It's like if we want to do this, we need to have stillness. I would argue that we can't do life, we can't thrive, particularly in a chaotic season like we are in at this point in time. With all the noise that's going around us, all the noise that's happening inside us. If we do not learn to have this stillness. Why don't we just look at a, a passage, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, that will kind of help make sense of what I've just said. So let me just read. Maybe you want to just close your eyes. There's a principle, um, a tool that people can use when you're reading the Bible, it's Collective Divina, and it's to do with finding yourself in the story. And as I read this passage, it's about Jesus calming the storm. Maybe think about which of the characters in the story, which is the disciples and Jesus, do you associate with? Which of their emotions do you associate with? Which of those would you like to associate with? Which of their emotions would you like to be your emotions? So I'm going to read this a little bit slower than I would normally read it. And I would encourage you to go away and read it maybe again and find yourself in this story right now. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat, 
with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. And I love that story. Just, just You can just picture it. And when you think about waves, you're not just thinking like the little ones you like to, maybe if you're into surfing, you watch people surfing. I'm talking about huge waves. These were fishermen. They were aware of the kind of conditions. And when they're afraid, they may in the natural, then you should be afraid. They were very aware that these storms could arise on the Sea of Galilee and they could just wreck and destroy the boat and they would probably die and drown. And it's interesting, when this series of talks were planned, we didn't know what was going to be announced by Boris Johnson on, on Monday night. And I don't know how you react to it. For some of you, well, it's great. You know, the lockdown's been fantastic for you. But I think for many of us, it feels like we're in that boat. And it's like, here comes this massive storm that could so easily just feel like it's going to engulf us and overwhelm us. And we maybe have emotions like the disciples had of fear, of anxiety. They were certainly not still. However, Jesus was still. He was actually so still, he was asleep. And as we see in the story, he just releases that peace and that stillness into his environment. And I think one of the first things we can see about Jesus, who we're trying to seek to emulate, is Jesus was already still before the situation arose. And as we think about stillness, it's kind of this idea of living from a place of stillness, learning to do in the light so without when we are in dark and difficult situations, we know how to do it. And the other thing we can see in this passage is, and this I think is quite crucial as we go into this series, is stillness is not about silence and solitude, though silence and solitude obviously help you grow in stillness. Stillness is a mindset, is a way of doing life, is a way of relating to life. It is a being aware of the reality of God in the present moment. And that presence and that awareness of God surpasses anything else that's going on around inside you. When we talk about stillness, we're not just talking about kind of outward stillness, we're talking about ultimately inner stillness of the mind and the heart before God. Another way of maybe ironically looking at it is we're with the stillest when the largest noise we are aware of is God. That the noise that gains our attention and grips our heart is God. That's when we're still. When other noises Again, in our attention, I mean by noise, I don't mean physical noise, but the things that go around in our head, the kind of endless trivial and chatter, self-chatter that we have, the worries about the past, the speculation about 
the future. These are all the things that kind of create uh, a noise. And we need to create an inner silence. That isn't affected or dependent on the external noise that's happening around us. But it's a real depth of stillness. And we need that for ourselves. I don't know about you, and as I'm talking, what is going through your head? I mean, just pause. What are you most aware of at this moment in time? Is it God? Is it sink outs? And let's just bring that awareness and that stillness, begin just to focus in on God. It's easy for me, even as I'm speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm always kind of living in the future. What's my next point? I'm going to mention in a minute, or the conclusion. Am I going to have enough time to share what I feel like God wants me to share within kind of 20 minutes? But let's just be still. Let's just acknowledge God in this moment. God, we love you. We know that you are here. We just say yes to you. Begin to still ourselves. I'm going to share a little bit more about other ways that we can do that. But we need it for ourselves. And also we need it because Jesus, because he was still, he was able to release that stillness. You see, you can only release what you are aware of that you have. Bill Johnson puts it this way, you will always reproduce the environment around you that you cultivate within you. You will always reproduce the environment around you that you cultivate within you. I was talking about this with Nigel Hemming this week, and he kind of said this idea that we can either respond to the environment or we can be people that kind of participate with God in helping to create the environment around us. You see, the disciples responding to the environment. It's very easy for us to respond to the environment, the noise around us, the worry, the fear, the speculation, the Facebook messages, the latest message from Boris. Or we can be people that can create the environment. Create an inner peace in that. We need to learn to live from the place of stillness. It kind of goes back to what I said right at the beginning. If we are going to thrive in chaotic times, we need to learn how to be still. If we want to be with Jesus and be like Jesus, well, we see this in the passage. And that came because he had learned to be still. In the storms of life, we need to learn to be still. But also, as it says in that passage, you're the reason I want to focus in on. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I would kind of argue that unless one is still, one can't know God. This word kind of know has a lot of connotations. It's first used in Genesis 4, verse 1. It says, this is from the... English Standard Version, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. It's interesting. He uses the word know. Adam knows Eve, and she conceives. Now the word is the same word know that's used in this passage in Psalm 46. The word there is actually the word called yada. And it can mean many things. It can mean kind of information and knowledge and facts. But actually it has a deeper meaning. 
The aim of yada, this knowing, is intimacy. And so you could say that only in stillness can you have a comprehensive and personal and face-to-face intimate encounter with God. And that only happens, it says here, by being still. And God wants to have this yada, these kind of knowing that come a birth from times of stillness with us every day. An important thing to notice, particularly get this in Genesis, is that this knowledge, this to know, is not just for factual information. It's for there to be new life, for there to be fruitfulness. And for there to be fruitfulness in our lives, if there's to be fruitfulness in our communities and those that we interact with and live with and work with or in our neighbourhoods, we need this intimacy You see, to be still and to know God releases fruitfulness. It releases life. It's in that stillness that we become alive and awake to God in this moment. Just before Christmas, I I did a talk on Emmanuel, God being with us. And I talked about this idea of practicing the presence of God. This idea of being conscious and aware of and surrendered to God's presence in this moment. And we can't do that without learning to create this inner stillness. And we want that because we want to be in his presence. We want to be aware of God moment by moment. Because it's in his presence that we are changed. The scripture says in his presence is joy. In his presence is peace. In his presence is hope. In his presence is when we can connect heaven with earth and bring that alignment so that heaven can come down on earth. And so that's why we're looking at this series. That we can't live life in all its fullness. We can't see the reality of the kingdom of God come in our lives, let alone through our lives. We are learning to create this inner stillness. But how do we do that? How does that look? I don't know about you, but we have all these inner voices going on in our heads. And we need to learn to develop it. And that takes time. And and each time we do these talks, we're going to talk a little bit about why we should be wanting to grow in stillness. But particularly from the next week's talk onwards, just giving tools that will help us grow in this. We use this word in church and it's called disciplines. And it sounds negative, but actually the aim of a discipline is it helps us to do something that we would not be able to do by sheer effort ourselves. I don't know if you had a new resolution, but you might think, right, I'm going to run a marathon. I've never run even 5K before. I'm definitely one of those kind of potato and couch people. But you're never going to just suddenly run and do a marathon. You've got to start building up. You start doing things that will help you ultimately to do the marathon. I actually can't play a musical instrument. I've tried learning to play the guitar, a few things. But I know I can't just suddenly start playing musical instruments like some of the great worship leaders that we have in this church, be it piano or the guitar. They all started by just learning some of the basic chords. You know, I started trying to learn to play the guitar. One of the things you learn when you start learning to play the guitar is how to make your fingers go to places that you can't normally bend them and your fingers get sore. And you have to build up. And it's the same 
we want to be people that live with an inner stillness, there's a process. And we have to make choices and decisions that will help us do that. So I'm quickly just going to look at a few exercises. And we're going to look at different ones each week that will just help create stillness. Firstly, something very practical is learning to put put aside outside noise. Things that stimulate noise in our head. Now, I, I keep to what I said, that stillness is not dependent on what's happening around us. You can be in the noisiest place. And I've been in places like airports and people just rushing on to get on into planes. and know what it's like to have a total inner stillness and a connection and an awareness of God in those moments. But I'm also aware that it is easier to start in places where there isn't that kind of outside noise affecting and so let's begin to be, think about things that stimulate outside noise. One of the things I, I realized is just kind of, just the phone. And um, I kind of realized this, I've not, probably known this for a, a month or two, that one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning, I come downstairs and I go to my phone's charging and I look at it. And once I look at it, I think, oh, well, and I look at the message, let me just check the BBC news. And I find it quite easy to justify. Those who know what I do, I work with people working in Muslim-majority countries. And actually, most Muslim-majority countries, time-wise, are ahead of us. And so a lot can be happening. I could have had quite a lot of messages, quite a lot could be happening. There could be a new civil war in a place like Yemen or Eritrea or Ethiopia, particularly we had that in November, December time. And I oversee people there. And so I could justify it. But I realized that I was starting my day with noise. And I needed to learn to begin to still myself. John Marcomo, who writes a lot about this, has this phrase. He says, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. We need to begin to get rid of, reduce outside noise, outside distraction begin just to still ourselves and so I decided and it might sound ridiculous and you've got to fill in the gap for yourself but when I come down the stairs I'm kind of like trying to fast for like an hour that I don't touch my phone for at least an hour and I find I've been trying to do that in other areas because it's very easy let me give you some examples where um, I have to go to Abraham when he was back at school obviously he's on lockdown at the moment and I need to get a parking space near his school he's down in Southampton well, I normally get there five, ten minutes early, you know, just to avoid traffic. And it was so easy just to look at my phone. I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. Look at my phone. I'm waiting in the queue at Little. I'm thinking, I could be here for five minutes. Or let's just look at my phone. And learning just to turn those moments off. And then in those moments, one, not get distracted by it and fill my head with it noise. But second, just to be still and just acknowledge God. Become awake to God. And saying, God, I just want to become aware of you. I mean, here's a question. We did this probably about five minutes ago in my talk. We are actually rewinding, I couldn't say. But when I finished the story about Jesus calming the storm, we just had literally half a minute to a minute just to be still. How many of you were are still aware of him? How many of you just so focused on me speaking that you weren't aware of him? I mean, I'm including myself. 
Let's just begin just to be still. Even now. So let's get rid of external noise. Secondly, let's just learn to get rid of things that affect our minds and sense of noise that we have already. And there's a great tool, and it's often symbolized here if I have my hands up, hands up and hands down. And kind of hands down, it's just letting go of things. So now as I'm speaking, and I just create some silence, a lot of you would just have things bouncing around in your head. Might be a meal, or might be something that's going to be happening tomorrow, later on, a friend or a family person. But the thing that we're most aware of is not necessarily God. And so let's just begin just to put hands down and just begin, just let, just give those over to God. You might just say the name or the situation. Let's just do that. Then as you put your hands up, just acknowledge God again. God, I just love you. I acknowledge that you are here with me. And then see how long you can do that for. And then just try to make that a pattern in your life and just do things that help you do that. Maybe choose moments. Maybe some examples I gave before where, where for me, when naturally I would um, turn towards outside noise so I'm trying to do that when I picked up AB I started trying to do this I wrote this talk the thinking behind it before lockdown when I put the kettle on for those few minutes what could you do it could be simple maybe your mum at home and it might be like when you change a nappy I used to do this just kind of literally 30 seconds it took to change a nappy just acknowledge God in that moment before responding to an email, just acknowledging God in that moment. Thirdly, as you grow in this, don't get bogged down when you live unaware, unstill. Frank Larbar, who wrote a lot on this, said, If you should forget him for minutes or even days, do not groan, but begin afresh with a smile. Every minute can be a fresh beginning. And it's easy when you're seeking to grow in any discipline, any tool, let alone that same things that help you become still, that you have days where you just think, wow, I wasn't aware of God for a lot of this day. I was just, my mind was clouded and busy with so many things. And it's easy to say, well, I'll start again tomorrow morning. No. Start now. Katie and I used to say this a lot, particularly in our marriage, you know, now is a new day. If we're aware of something where maybe we're being grumpy, I don't think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try to be less grumpy. Be like, no, let's start now. So create those moments. And lastly, use simple songs, use verses to begin just to still your mind. Create spaces, but then use tools like this. So it takes like Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23. It's going to come up. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. 
day and new every morning, great is your faithfulness. And just begin to say those, those verses slowly. And just focusing on each word. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Just still yourself. And you can choose a shorter verse. I wouldn't go for much longer. And just repeat it. And really just focus in on each word. And as you do that, your kind of inner eyes, your inner heart begins just to focus in on that verse. Let alone the truth of the verse will begin just to still your heart. So in a season particularly where it feels like the waves are crashing all around us, let alone in any season, we need to learn to be still because we need to know God. We need to know God for ourselves in an intimate and powerful and a life-changing and a life-giving in a fruitful way. But we need it also because we can then release that life and calm those storms and release that fruitfulness and transformation and then the kingdom of God into our lives around us by being still. Let me just pray. God, you invite us to be still because you want to show us, you want us to know that you're a God. And I thank you for that. And even as I'm praying, Lord, I'm aware I can start thinking about different things. Still our hearts and our minds. May we become God-aware, God-conscious of you. And may that God-awareness and God-consciousness of you just increase and increase and infiltrate more and more of our everyday lives. So that even what one would maybe would perceive from that side as being some of the most chaotic and noisy time of our lives, there would be that such inner stillness of being connected and aware of the almighty, all-powerful, life-giving God. 